Kathleen, you're about to do a podcast on vacations. What are you going to do next? I'm going to Disneyland. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kids ministry director talk about raising a Christ-centered family. We're not sure we know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Welcome back from vacation to Christ in the Chaos. I am Kathleen here with my vacationed husband, Joel. Although no one else was on vacation because we recorded a vacation episode. Well, an episode for our vacation. This is the vacation episode. This episode is all about going on vacation with your family. But before we get to the topic today, Joel, how you doing? Time for that family check-in. Yeah, so don't forget to check in with your family, see how they're doing. I'm doing fine. I just got back from vacation. I need a vacation for my vacation. <laughs> Always true. Uh, the kids were great. They were great. But they were busy bees. Um, three days at Disneyland makes Dane very tired, and so he wanted lots of ups. He wanted to be carried, which means we were very tired. Yeah. Just to kind of catch everybody up, we were in um, Southern California to go. We visited the kids' godparents for one night. Then we went three days at Disney. Then we uh, went to my brother's wedding in near Redondo Beach. Um, and all of those things were absolutely amazing. I would say it's probably my favorite vacation I've ever taken in my entire life. And um, it was amazing. And the wedding was amazing. Um, and the whole time I was on vacation, um, I slept well, which if you've ever listened to our rest episode is a miracle. And I felt rested and good the whole time. But now that I am back, my body like knows it's like I'm exhausted and dragging again. And it's like all of the lack of sleep caught up with me at once. Oh, you can, my, I think you yeah, can hear it in my, my voice. My feet hurt. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted. But, um, but I feel good about work and I feel good about um, it was so worthwhile. I would have given so much for that vacation if I had known ahead of time it was going to be that rocking. Yeah, it was fun. And some random person, random parishioner sent us money over Facebook. Oh, yeah. Just to be nice. Yeah, they knew we were on vacation. So somebody sent me a little vacation money um, just to bless us. And it was so awesome. It, Levi ate a lot of cookies on that. <laughs> or I like to think we um, bought or every time we go to Disneyland, we buy a print. Um, and that's like our souvenir. So we have a, a bunch of prints for every every time we've been to Disneyland. And this year we bought the Small World one. And because it is a small world after all, let's talk about vacation and travel today. So we picked this topic, even though it seems very fluffy, um, because I, the last like, 10 vacations, which is probably all of the vacations we have taken with our kids, including visiting your parents, kind of forgot that this whole Jesus life still applies when we're on vacation. And I think this is a very common thing for Christians that we expect, like, when we're living every day in the grind, we're like, well, we know that serving others and Jesus and 
um, treating people well and all of the things that Jesus calls us to. That's the real life. That's what we're called to. That's what we live for. And that's what's going to give us purpose and meaning. And I feel like there's an attitude among Christians and totally, totally in myself that when I go on vacation, all those things go out the window and it is the things of the world that are going to make me happy and bye and we're done and bye Jesus. I'll see you later. Um, Let's go shopping. Yeah. And this vacation was the first time that I got the big wake up call that that's just not reality. Um, This does not go away when we go on vacation. Um, so we kind of talked about building kind of a framework and looking at the reason we vacation and um, the way we vacation to do it in a way that glorifies God and keeps God at the center of our lives, even when we are out of our home. So the first question we're going to ask ourselves is why go on vacation? Well, why go on vacation? <laughs> well, for three godly reasons. And here's what I came up with. To experience God's creation, to build relationships, and to rest. Um, so starting with... Let's start with rest, because then we can just say, go listen to the rest episode. No, well, we will. That'll be an easy one. Um, we'll start, but Joel, it's me. We have to follow the outline. You have to follow the outline. <laughs> so why go? Experience God's creation. And I broke that down into three subcategories, because there's obviously like nature, um, but there's also um, history. And um, which is also part of experiencing God's creation or experiencing history and also experiencing other people's creativity. Um, So my first question for you, Joel, is what is the best trip you've taken where you were experiencing God's creation like nature wise? Well, it's a hard one. I mean, probably Yosemite. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been to like Yellowstone and I've been to national parks outside of California. And there's just something about the redwood forest that is home to me. Um, like Yellowstone, I mentioned because it's kind of the closest in feel, but it's not, it has better wildlife, I would say, but it's just, there's something grand. Like when you talk about God's creation and you go into the Yosemite Valley, it is grand. Like you come out of the tunnel those of you who haven't been there, you go through a tunnel in a mountain to get there. And you come out of the tunnel and there are waterfalls and 200-foot tall trees and giant granite cliffs just surrounding you. It is um, also it's where I got engaged. Yeah. So that that was a great trip. But that see, I think that that sneaks into the relationship sort of thing. Um, yeah. Well, when you mix all of them. Yes. Well, and, and that is the thing. Every single one of these overlaps with every single one of the other things. You cannot go on any vacation without experiencing nature to some extent. Um, and the grandness of nature was one of the things I had in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also... Wait, I want to know your best nature trip because I bet it's none of them. Uh, the beach. Oh, uh, yeah. The peacefulness of being on the beach is one of the ways I think I experience God. The, the, the wide open skies... The sound of the waves, the thought of, again, how grand and like, um, as Jane would say, epic, um, but epic, the, um, the, 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 the size of the ocean is. It's just insane. And when you sit at the edge of the ocean, it, it makes you reflect on that. I don't know. I think the, the ocean's too big. I think that's why Yosemite Valley I really like because it's, it's kind of contained so you can get an idea of the size. Whereas like the ocean or the fort, like you go 
in Northern California, the Pacific Northwest, and you just see hundreds of miles of redwoods. And it's just too much. It all becomes a blur. So those are kind of examples of sort of sightseeing in nature. But another way of experiencing God's creation in a natural way is to go camping or backpacking. Um, That kind of experience of nature that is nature without the distractions of the world. Um, I wish I liked this more. I literally... We'll bring you around. Oh, man. I cannot relax in that situation. Those comforts of the world, like indoor plumbing, showers, deep beds, and indoor plumbing. I, I have a hard time. I don't think I would have done that well in the garden. Okay, so that next category is history. Um, There's lots of times when we go on vacation for the purposes of um, exploring the history of our nation or of the world, um, which is also a part of experiencing God's creation. So what was the most meaningful historical vacation? Uh, Be specific, because I know we had one that covered quite a bit of different areas. Yeah. I mean, I've been in the United States, but probably concentration camp is that cheating no that's not cheating at all because that's pretty i didn't think specifically of the concentration camp but obviously that's experiencing human uh what is the word what are you doing there you're acknowledging human suffering well you're remembering it's what you're supposed to be doing and that's what the sign says outside it says come in and see this and remember and it's like um seeing the full i mean that's really a a spiritual exercise other than i guess rome that's like the most when I think of like history, like that was history where we as a species had a turning point. Yeah, it's it's seeing the the whole um thin to its end, um, where it can go. And it's funny because my mine that I had the most impact on me was not we went to Dachau, but was not going to Dachau, but was going to Berlin. And some reason the division of that wall in that city had such an impact on me of like, I can't believe this happened in my life. I can't believe that one group of people was separated from another group of people in this physical way. Um, and that's that Obstentively over monetary policy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, it is. It's, it's experiencing um, what sin can do and acknowledging it. And gosh, I wish there are other, there are other ways of experiencing history, but when we look back on our history, a lot of it is about the sins of our, mm-hmm. the people before us. Which is not, yeah, yeah. Which is going to be also, true when people look back on us. That was a good trip for creativity because we did see Rome. Uh, we saw the Sistine Chapel. We saw. Gosh, you're so much more mature than me. You're absolutely right. We saw all the great art. We saw the Mona Lisa. We saw the Louvre. Mm-hmm. We saw Wing uh, of we Victory. Saw, yeah, we saw everything. When I wrote that, I was trying to somehow rope Disneyland into. Disneyland this. though is, I mean, it's industrial creativity yeah it's but it is certainly creativity well we talked about in another episode about being image bearers and about um um creating is like whenever we are being creative we are being like god because god is creative and we are like him and to me disneyland is world building it's creating an atmosphere it's creating um and maybe there's something a little bit dangerous about that but there's also something very beautiful about people yeah, who, it's very dangerous because it pulls you away from godly things. I mean, it is the most commercial. It is <laughs> just. A Can commercial. I come up with a legitimate 
godly way of loving Disneyland, though, no, because you I can do. do. It's beautiful and oh, it's fun. Oh, God, I love and Disneyland. And it brings joy. And those are all good things, as long as we remember that, which I think the whole point of this podcast is that that's not fulfilling joy. That we find fulfilling joy in Disneyland when we experience it through the lens of God, through God's creativity, through through the relationships we build there. Yeah. Speaking of relationships, the second godly reason to go on a vacation besides experiencing God's creation um, is the ability to build a relationship, um, to increase your intimacy and closeness um, in that immersive environment that only travel really can provide. Um, There's three kind of methods of doing this, Um, bringing your own travel group, in our case, our immediate family closer together. Um, visiting someone far away or traveling with another family or friend um, and and getting closer through that method. Just through time and adversity. Yes, I think it's exactly what it being is. Being forced together in a car for X number of hours or made to sit in an airport and then having things go wrong and watching other families deal with it. Mm-hmm. Always interesting. Um, or Or watching your spouse deal with a problem as things go wrong or helping your kids through that adversity, there's things that come up in travel that you and your family have to deal with that you don't have to deal with in any other situation. And that is a way... you don't have the resources at hand to make it easy. Yeah. So you come up with ways of coping and dealing and growing, and it brings you closer together. Um, My family, when we were, um, when I was like 11, we went down to Southern California. We went to Magic Mountain and then we drove up the one. We went to Big Sur and um, San Luis Obispo and stopped in Santa Cruz at the end. And it was the best trip in my childhood, even though we, you know, we went to Hawaii, we went to like Disneyland, like we did all kinds of great things, but this trip of, and uh, we did a lot of boring things. We went to Hearst Castle. We went to the Winchester Mystery House. We stayed, when we stayed in Big Sur, um, we didn't do anything. Um, and all of that boring stuff, it's like, I absolutely remember it so vividly and it brought our family so much closer together. Um, even though a lot went wrong along the way. I don't think a lot went wrong in this trip, but I think there were a few examples of us not knowing what would make us happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, there was a specific ride Dane wanted to go on again. It was getting towards the end of the night. So we're like, well, we better get in line. Even though the line was a little long. And a 40-minute line turned into an 80-minute line real quick mm-hmm. or really slowly, I guess. Um, and that ended up being just a lot of, not a lot of fun necessarily, but a really good experience for us and the kids because it was 80 minutes of hands-on, they, they face needed next our to each attention, other. Yeah. yeah. And we were pretty- No phones, no We had toys. our phones, but we didn't let them have our phones, which I think was like, that was- I, I believe I am owed a badge. Um, <laughs> and um, we like I probably, you know, we probably checked our own Facebooks or whatever. But the thing was, like, we couldn't check it for very long. We couldn't zone out on our phone because they needed us every minute, every single minute. Um, up, up, please. So many, you up. know, just like they just wanted to be held so and played tired. with. And, and we did hold and play with them and it ended up being great. Yeah. And he ended up enjoying the ride and it was something he remembers and it will be and no and they never complain about the length of the line it'll be that boring thing they remember of sitting with us and hanging out and building relationships and getting to know us better 
The other thing we did on this trip was we traveled with another non-related family for the very first, no, second time. Yeah. There was a lot of other families on this trip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, we were related we to most of them. But. Yeah. Um, but we really, like, we, we didn't travel with them, but we did Disney with another family, um, which is, which was fun and easy. Yes, they made it very easy. actually kind of takes us to some of the challenges um when you are traveling to visit someone or with someone or even with your own family um one of the main challenges is managing conflicting expectations um you know joel wants to go on space mountain i want to go on thunder mountain and um, we have to figure out how we're going to manage those expectations um in this case uh our son wanted to go do things i guess and their daughter wanted to meet every princess um, that we came up against. And w- w- the bottom line is we just split up for a while and that was totally okay. And we had time alone with our family and they had time alone with their family. And, and we had time alone with their family. I mean, they're... Yeah, we had... At one point we broke up and then I hung out with the dad and son and the other family and then Kathleen came back and like we just... We split of, up and moved yeah. and, and made all the pieces work. And again, it's that being forced together without the resources or your normal distractions that just kind of, I feel like we got to know them a lot better. Mm-hmm. I like them a lot better. Yeah. And I liked well, them I mean, before. I liked them before, but yes. Um, and it, it, a lot of it had to do with just like communicating what our expectations were and being willing to, you know, go off on our own or, or split up in different ways. Clear communication and flexibility is really important in any relationship, but especially when you're trying to travel together those expectations um another thing is another challenge of um building relationships while traveling is just the reality of close quarters Um, as we stated earlier there's a lot of like good things about being in close quarters um but then sometimes it gets to the point where you treat people badly um especially after you're really tired yeah i actually this has been an issue with me um Visiting your family because the quarters are so close um, that when I need a break or I need time to myself, there's not a lot of places to go. And I don't treat your family with the kind of love and respect that I would like to because I don't have a great way to take a break. There's the weirdly large hallway in their house. (laughs) I could go sit in the hallway on the tile floor. Um, They're wonderful people. um, But... Being in such a small space with like a you know a, a large number of people, it just gets a little overwhelming. And I have like an introvert part in me that just wants well, my own especially space. Especially when it's not your family. Yep, that's exactly right. I'm just not used to living in that culture. But overall, there is nothing more. There's no faster way to build intimacy than traveling with or to people. Um, and if you build in those breaks if you are flexible if you communicate your expectations well um you can do it in a way that is very peaceful and easy and you have to make sure one of your expectations is that things aren't going to go the way you expect especially with small children yeah and right like obviously going to a wedding that's a little hard because you know they really expect things to go the way they expect because it's their special day and um they were actually really good I don't, I'm making fun of them for being bridezillas, but they, your brother and sister-in-law were 
really wonderful and flexible with the kids, mm-hmm. but they still have an expectation that things will go well. Yeah. Um, and you kind of have to throw that out the window and say, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And well, we were very clear that we wanted to meet their expectations and that whatever they were, we were just going to do it. Yeah. But I think we did a really good job before the wedding with us Figuring and that out. the other family of just kind of being like, well, you know, we'll do what we do. And then if it works out great. And if it doesn't, that's fine too. So the third godly purpose of vacation is rest, which we did a whole episode on. And actually, we could use the exact same framework that we used in the rest episode. Um, physical, actual physical rest, um, which <laughs> um, I have never done on a vacation, really, especially not since we've had kids. Um, time to be alone with God, um, that reset rest. Um, and you can listen to all of these go in way more depth in the rest episode. Um, And I was trying to think of like, oh, what kind of vacation would this be? But a lot of people go on spiritual retreats. That is a reason a lot of people go on vacation. I've never gone on a spiritual retreat. I don't know if I would say a lot of people do that, but some people. Not like a high percentage of people, but a lot of people in the world go on spiritual retreats. Um, And that's a legitimate thing. Eat, pray, love. And um, one that's hard for me um, is to uh, a stop of of letting go of control, that, that relaxation, that letting God kind of take over yeah. and, and letting go. Going of- on a vacation without a checklist. <laughs> Y'all, she had so many checklists and then she didn't have enough. So she made more <laughs> checklists while we were on vacation. Okay. But in fairness to me, when we were in our last hour and a half at Disneyland, um, I had been moving the car for a long time and I was very frustrated when I got back and we had just was 4.30 p.m. We had to leave at 6 p.m. Again, maybe that was a little neurotic to have that timeline set out that way. But um, we started looking at the fast passes and the lines and what we could go on and what we could fit in. And Levi was asleep and Dane didn't really want to go on any specific rides. And I said, you know what? Let's sit in right by the partner statue on Main Street and just take in Disneyland for a while instead of trying to squeeze in another ride. So for about like 25 minutes, we just sat in the middle of Disneyland and um, took pictures and listened to the music and relaxed. And then we got up and we decided we were going to go look for some um, art to buy because that's one of the things we do. We shopped for just a couple minutes. And then when we came out of the the room, the Dapper Dans were singing and the Dapper Dans are one of my favorite things at Disneyland. We sat down and watched their whole show. And our last hour and a half at Disneyland, it was magic. It was everything Disneyland should be. And it helped me to realize that my checklist of how many rides I can fit in or how many um, parts of we can visit and like look at and touch and, and, and get done at Disneyland, um, it didn't matter because when you pay to get in there, you're paying for an experience. And if you don't ever sit down to experience it, you're going to miss it. Um, I so think I- that applies to everywhere. It doesn't yes. have to be Disneyland. Yes. Your vacation doesn't have to be a checklist. Well, if you go like, to Paris and you have your checklist of, I mean, we, and- we ran through the Louvre. Yeah. we Like <laughs> one of the most historic and famous Mona museums Lisa, in the check. world. Blah, blah, blah. We check. ran through it yep. and we accidentally ran into the Napoleon room and saw Napoleon going across the Alps. And we stopped and we're like, oh, that's Napoleon going across the Alps. That's a really famous painting that we should have like taken our time to know was here. But we. Cool. Let's go. And we ran and we had like an hour before a flight went or something yeah. to do the Louvre. And it's, 
you, you shouldn't vacation like that. Well, it's it's not the idea of letting go of control. Um, when you're still trying to hold on to the control during your vacation and you're not allowing yourself to relax in that way, then um, in the same way it affects you in your regular life, it will affect you on your vacation. Happiness does not come from holding on to control. Um, and that was very clear in our last hour and a half at Disneyland when we let go of it. So if we go on vacation to experience God's creation and uh, build relationships and to rest, um, I still have a tendency to forget about Jesus when I'm on vacation. I think it's the normal patterns, the normal routines we have are broken up. And I mean, we forget about our diets, we forget about our finances, and we forget about making time for our spiritual health and our emotional health and our family health. So much so that even when we're with your family, who are Christians, and we go to church there, and their whole world revolves around church because your dad's a pastor and that's part of their life, I still kind of throw prayer and um i certainly don't read my bible when i'm on vacation and everything like that out the door um and i really come back feeling very disconnected that is a feeling i come back every single time and a funny thing that happened on this vacation is i actually consciously kept my prayer going in the morning and um brought the kids devotional with us um they're really doing like a bible story book right now but I kept it with us just to like keep in those small practices. And right before the wedding, it was the day before the wedding. And um, I had two things that were going on. One, the bride was getting really stressed out because um, the forecast was rain. Mm -hmm. And she had this humongous, beautiful Versace dress. And because of the way the chapel was like no cover, she also has Man, hair. Man, you need to explain that she, she works for Versace. For yes, sorry. Um, she works for Versace and so she had this beautiful dress and then she also has hair that does not do super well in rain and humidity. And she was just like, she's not a priss, but she was just getting stressed out about the rain. And I totally don't blame her because the wedding was beautiful and it was better because the rain was very limited. And then there was my mom who was just struggling, um, to relax and enjoy herself. And I thought, man, I wish I could solve these problems. And I just kind of lamented that I had no methodology for solving those problems. And then I was like, you bonehead. Like, you can at least try praying. Just because you're on vacation doesn't mean, like, you don't have access to prayer. Um, and the one thing that kept, the only thing that kept prayer on my mind and even made me think about it is that our my best friend just had back surgery. So I had been in a state of praying for her throughout the trip. And I was praying for her at one point, And I thought, oh, I could pray for these other things. <laughs> like, obviously would have mm -hmm. led me to prayer if I had been home. It didn't even occur to me to be like, God, can you like not have it rain on the wedding tomorrow? And also, um, can you help my mom relax and enjoy the wedding? And um, I prayed them very like matter of factly, like in that way. And I think um, the, the weather almost completely cleared up for the day. It was supposed to rain all afternoon of the wedding and it, it rained for about, 40 minutes at one point between the wedding and the reception it kind was of the best time to rain if it timing. had to rain and then i think my mom did relax and enjoy the wedding and she gave a wonderful speech and impromptu um, speech good job yeah she nailed it 
And I was like, oh, I forgot. This is a real thing. Even when I'm in Southern California, God is still there. It sounds so stupid. It will be surprising to some of our listeners, but God exists in Southern California. <laughs> um, it sounds so stupid, but it did come back to me and I did realize um, that that was something that was available to me. It was fun to watch at the wedding because uh, it was a religious ceremony, mm-hmm. even though they're not really religious people. But at the end of it, they did the Lord's Prayer and you could look around the room and everyone knew the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. That's uh, what I said when, yeah. So, you know. They don't know our version of the Lord's Prayer, but. Prayer was there. Yeah. Hey, and I'd, I did the most rockin' version of First uh, Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 that ever existed. Um, except for maybe the one in the real Bible. So the, the last section we want to talk about today was practical trips for traveling with children. Tip number one, don't. <laughs> I think that's actually in here. No, I didn't say don't, but plan destinations that make sense for them. And if it's a destination that doesn't make sense for, the, sense for them, don't bring them. Um, and I don't mean like, oh, would a typical five-year-old enjoy this? I mean, would your five-year-old enjoy this? Mm-hmm. Would your three-year-old be able to handle it? Um, are you putting them in a situation where they're going to fail? Because don't spend money somewhere where they're going to fail. Or, and just don't set them up for failure. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's one of the big stresses don't of vacation. Don't take your five-year-old to the Philharmonic. Yeah. <laughs> this is one that came up last year on our vacation. Prepare childless travel mates expectations. Um, if you are traveling with, oh, I don't know, your brother that does not have children, um, do the best you can to expect explain what they can expect for it to be to travel with children. We may not be able to go here with you. We cannot do this kind of thing. They're going to be up at 6.15 every single morning. So yeah. how are we going to plan it so that you so can get sleep? where are you going to sleep? Yeah. Um, maybe don't sleep in the living room. Maybe well, sleep in the bunkhouse. Well, he didn't have an option, but that's the whole thing. Um, Flexibility and but, clear communication. That's important. And then you can make a clear decision of whether or not you want to travel together in the way that you're planning on traveling together. Speaking of sleep, if you're new to this, you have a kid under like two or three, and this is your first time traveling somewhere. It's going to be terrible. Oh, uh, you're not sleeping. It's going to be terrible. Our kids are three and five, almost five. And this was the very first trip we have ever taken where they slept well. Like slept, I would say, 80% as well as they do at home. Well, I mean, they went to bed. At like nine, an hour and a half late yeah. every night, but then and we they ran slept them to death all the, the way day. through the night. We and then we ran them crazy all day. This is one I actually maybe applies just to our kids, but I have found it to be true. Can't possibly don't obsess over their entertainment in terms of are they going to have a toy here? Are they going to have enough to do here? Our kids, while we were at this resort, found a pink inner tube that belonged to their niece, no, my niece, their cousin, and. They did tosses with it, and they gave each toss a name. I call this the Toe Jam Super Throw. I call this, and they did that for like 20 minutes. They threw an inner tube up in the air and did nothing. Um, They will find a way to entertain themselves, and if you are obsessed with them being entertained in every second, you are going to inhibit that creativity that goes with figuring out how to entertain themselves Mm -hmm. in the moment. Um. Here's a very practical one. Pack enough clothes for them to destroy clothes. Um, No matter where you go, and really no matter how old your kids are, things could get real messy. And so don't think like, oh, I'll pack an extra couple of t-shirts. It's like, no, 
pack two t-shirts per day because things are going to go badly unless you do. And be okay with things going badly. Maybe your kid has a dirty shirt in some of the pictures. It's fine. That is perfectly into our next point. Don't put too much pressure on their experience. Um, you take your kid to Disneyland and maybe he decides he's afraid of every single ride there. It doesn't want to go on one. He doesn't want to go on a ride until you buy him the stupid toy he wanted. And regardless of what, what your expectation was of how they are going to experience something, don't let it detract from your experience of something. Um, they may not live up to your expectations, but don't put that pressure on them to fill your happiness by experiencing something the way you expected them to experience it. Well, and that goes for our childless listeners too. Like, Things aren't always going to go the way you want them to. It's not going to be perfect necessarily. It's not going to be exactly the way you wanted it to go. Enjoy what is there. And maybe... The Dapper Dance will show up. Maybe the Dapper Dance will show up. So that brings us to our next segment. So that came up. So I feel like this is our second or third one related to Harry Potter, and maybe that says something. But Dane the other night asked me, why did they call Hagrid a half giant? And I said, well, because his dad was a regular human and his mom was a giant. But how did that happen? It was a medium-sized stork. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, do you know you look like a mixture of mom and dad? That's because you have part of mom and dad that made up who you are and it was mixed together. Yeah, but how? I don't know, buddy. That's just how science works. And that's where we left it. You weren't ready to birds and bees him? I actually don't mind talking to him about sex if that was his specific question, but that's not really what he was asking. And so I didn't answer it. (laughs) All right. Let's pray our way out. Dear Lord, please be with us at home and on vacation. Travel with us when we travel and make sure that we remember to bring you with us. Give us peace and rest when we travel. Give us confidence and joy and all the wonderful things, but help us remember to focus on what will actually bring us joy and not just the the shiny bubbles that we see when we're on vacation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in the Chaos pod at gmail.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.